Hi, I'm Jonathan Mann. I'm one of the many Matts. And this is Digitally Rare, a show about digitally owned things now and in the Caribbean. Hell yeah. Um, on this episode, uh, we're catching up with Halik Mall, the founder of Holder's Land, um, which we'll hear all about, who's doing some really awesome stuff. And I just love this guy's energy. And so I'm excited to have you on. Yo, Halik. Yo, what's up, guys? Thank you for having me on. This is yeah, welcome, really welcome. Good. Yeah, we chatted uh, the other day about what you're doing in Barbados and sort of building a community and uh, how that ties into your music and stuff like that. Can you tell us, like, um, how you got here like what what put you on to this whole like i want to build a i want to build a community crypto etc um so i mean like last year i got off my deal that i was on besides a record label and i knew that i think like coming on to the 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 end of my album you know being made mixed and mastered I kind of had a feeling like, you know, I wanted to do something more, you know, mm. not mm-hmm. just, you know, say fuck You've the got label, that like moment whatever. for change. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I didn't want to say fuck the label because I still had one option, right? So an option like mm-hmm. for people that don't know is like you can record your album, you know, whatever. Like, There's usually like a number of... Um, there's usually like a normal number of like prerequisite projects that they'll have mm-hmm. and then like the label will have an option. So basically they can't they can't just like shelf you off of the first album sometimes. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you do the first album and then they'll have the option, you know, and then they have like a year to trigger that option. So then or or like however long the period of time is. So for right. some people, you know, the you know, you'll wait that whole year and like you can't do anything because the label's still deciding whether or not they still want to put out music with you um oh interesting like, yeah it's like really stressful but um yeah it's kind of some golden handcuffs <laughs> yeah but, yep exactly yeah because you know maybe something happens in that year and then all of a sudden right your life's you know, gonna be so different in a year and then they come back and they're like yo we do want another album like yeah right. that's gonna be interesting <laughs> yeah wow that yeah. yeah i have no idea how this industry works but that's that's really interesting yeah so i mean in that in the period of like following up, coming up to my album, coming out that dropped last year, Arrow, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, yo, so like what's gonna happen? The next album, what are you guys doing? Um, I don't wanna get too deep into the actual like, mm-hmm. thing, because mm-hmm. that's a whole other thing, but basically I I got the vibe like, you know, it, it, it might be a little tense, it might be a little weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of in the background just thinking to myself, like, all right, cool, well, what what how can i how can i build on top of this like what were the problems in that relationship Mm. um what made things difficult um why was i signed for four years and only put out like an ep and one album like yeah what what was the problem there so i thought about it and i sat on it and i looked at other people's careers because i'm like uh, a big history person like I love like looking at uh, history and studying people's careers and blah 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 so I'm looking at artists <clears throat> like say some of the biggest things that bottlenecks that I think exist in that industry is really like 
not being able to make the final album demo whatever without money right so usually you need money for the music videos you need money for recording the album you need mm-hmm. money for mm-hmm. features you need money for mixing mastering all of the different aspects of it and then let's not even get into like marketing and all that all that right and then the biggest issue is that there's just not even that much money to be made on the back end via streaming so right. that's why you end up with artists in these crazy 360 deals because then the label gets to eat off of your your touring all that kind of stuff right so it makes more financial sense in that way anyway so point is I kind of just realized that the album structure um, with with the label just wasn't making sense. The the revenue coming in from streaming was like very little, and honestly, like you know, the, the math of it wasn't making sense. And I studied management and accounts, so my whole thing was like when I was looking at the balance sheets or I was looking at the reports and stuff. Like I just you know, so then I approached them. I was like, "Yo, guys, like we should try doing some alternative stuff aside from just like putting out music." Like I feel like. We should try and build interest um, in Barbados and try and do some events and stuff because I know that it's a really viable market for me and especially with the power that we have with me being signed to a label, you guys, you know, being the label, you know, we could probably try and like recoup some more of this money and, you know, in some interesting ways. And they just weren't done. So then from that, I was just like, all right, you know what? Look, I'm not doing this. I'm going to build my own infrastructure, you know, for, for these things that I felt were lacking, right? So... You know, I should be able to, after my label deal, like I should be able to record my own music. I should be able to put that shit out. I should be able to do everything and release it even without that backer, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And that's what happens with a lot of labels or like artists that are on labels where like they sign and then they, you don't hear from them after a while, maybe because the album didn't do well and like now they don't have any resources. So they're depending on all these people to record them. But honestly, when you not sign or like, you know, a label drops you or something like that, you really have no ground to stand on. Most of the people that were supporting you on the come up are gonna disappear because they don't see anything on the back end for them. So, right. you know, the, the whole machine just eats you alive and spits you up. And I never wanted that to be. Mm. So I was like, you know what, let me build this thing. Right. So I built this thing <laughs> and I was like, I I'm, I know I want a studio. I know I want to do workshops. I know I want to share my journey with people. And like, most importantly, I want to uh, step to the, my next deal as an entity. You know, like I want that everything I do is like being protected by this buffer. Right. Um, and it was really inspired, honestly, by, um, you know, like I've, I've had some experience like being around Rihanna and you know, like watching how she operates on her, you know, you know, how she operates with her business, how she operates with her family mm-hmm. and like how she keeps them close and stuff. It's like really important because especially for me, it's like I'm making things from an island, you know, just figuratively and actually. And mm-hmm. it's like, <laughs> it's really important to keep like minded people around you to like keep you sane so you don't get like eaten up, you know, it's like really mm-hmm. important to have mm-hmm. family around, have friends around. So I wanted yeah. this to be a place that could house me and my, my people, you know, anyone that I was inspired by or like I felt inspired to help, like I, we would have those resources to be able to do that. So the whole ethos behind Holders Land was very much not only just to create infrastructure for myself, but for anyone that I felt, you know, had a like minded, you know, energy about them and, and core their, their core values aligned with, with, with mine. So we started last year and I was always like messing around with crypto um you know i i got put onto crypto uh by my good friend matt and uh he really pushed me to 
you know, research it more, get, get more information. Um, but I was, and I was messing with like crypto integration with a lot of the stuff that I was doing, but everyone I was talking to was just like, ah, oh, it's, it's not really there yet. Like boom, 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 you know, like, especially with music and crypto, it's still a very tricky thing. Um, mm. I have a friend that was working on Ujo and, you know, I, I was talking to him about it. And last year it was a totally, diff- totally different conversation to what's happening yeah. now, right? Um, of course. And then February, I mean, December, January, February happened. Um, and then everybody just changed and it activated. And, you know, crypto, <laughs> we've, we've been able to integrate it really well into it, into um, the company because it really does sidestep a lot of the qualms that I have with like distribution. Like, for example, mm-hmm. like, you know, as a record label, you can't speak directly to Apple Music. You know, if you if you, I want to mm-hmm. get Apple Music, Spotify, I have to go through an intermediary like TuneCore, whoever, right? Like they have a service there that's meant to basically be a mediator, middle person between the artist and the the streaming service. But I think a big problem there is just the fact that we do not have a proper system in those institutions. So there's no there's no people in the office trying to get you on a playlist. Basically, there's no one like fighting for your music to be heard by millions of people. If you put your stuff on TuneCore, there's no one actively working for you. So you still have to hire a team, you know, to do that or get people that understand that. Um, And that always frustrated me because then it was like, why am I giving you money for it? Just because you were able to talk to, you you know, I'm giving you money just to be a middleman for me. Um, And and that always frustrated me. So what Mm -hmm. we want to do is, is really just like, you know, just be able to empower people so that all these hurdles do not, you know, ultimately determine whether or not your music gets heard or your art gets seen. Um, so Holders Land is like all encompassing, like, you know, arts and tech institution. And we're really just trying to like push the, the limits of how technology empowers creators to not only be able to make things, right? Like having the resources mm-hmm. to make things, but also empowers them to like distribute them in a way that suits them and doesn't really, you know, inhibit that that ability to, you know, reach a large audience. If, if mm-hmm. Replace the role of the record label with a community and with, you know, people who have shared values and shared upside. Yep. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah, I, I do enjoy doing it. Um, and honestly, yeah, I've been learning a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot um, about different industries and how you know there's definitely like a like a a network that is an invisible network that is split Mm -hmm. up due to agencies and labels so like all right for example like visual artists the label talks to the agency the agency connects the visual artist to the you know uh the label and then finally then the creator um, or sometimes the creator doesn't even talk to the artist, like the mm. agency mm-hmm. and the label will mediate. <clears throat> In this model, I'm I'm saying like, why do that? Like, yeah, why should right. yeah. I want to be a fan? If I'm a fan of your visual, and you're a fan of my music, we should be able to make the product together and then just both benefit from selling it. You know, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that that's just the way it should be. Like these people exist. Like there's so many guys at agencies have never designed anything never written on a single line of code, never opened Photoshop, Illustrator. They just had enough money to start the company. And mm-hmm. maybe they mm-hmm. might have, like, a good eye, but sometimes they just hire someone for that, too, you know? 
Yeah, that's sick. What um, you told me last time we chatted, you told me about a space in Barbados that you were thinking about, um, like kitting out in order to, you know, build this community and have the infrastructure and so on. Um, can you tell me like what your plans are for that, like on the ground? Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, there's a there's a super big, massive IRL element to this, which I think is really cool because it's the inverse of how a lot of crypto projects are kind of thinking about things right the trend yes. is is very like yeah my community is community yeah, yeah totally <laughs> but like you know there's a lot of benefits and you know a ton of unique things about being in person especially if you're building community yeah 100 percent. i mean like i do not want this covid thing to turn us all into have y'all seen um what's the movie uh you know i'm talking about wally and then oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah yeah for sure yeah 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 Yo, we don't want to end up me. we don't want to end up there <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be like in Wally. So like, I was just in my mind, I'm like, all right, well, and I personally, I love throwing parties. That was one of my biggest things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we threw, we were throwing a lot of successful parties last year because Barbados. Uh, we we kind of were a little bit lax coming on to the second half of the year because we had stopped all tourists from coming in. So we had like a good six months of just being able to do, do stuff. Um, but obviously, that was not sustainable as your tourism economy. So. Come December, all the tourists came and then we were back inside. But, um, mm. you know, we were throwing a bunch of parties. And the biggest epiphany for me was like when Rihanna came to our party in December, we threw a party and she showed up at like three in the morning and I like, stayed till like six or seven in the morning. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. And it was totally unexpected. And my whole thing about it was like, you know, when after that happened because we started off just doing parties at like a beach bar you know um Mm -hmm. but it's like you know like that's the power of community right because that combined energy all what we were pushing that night like that was months and months and months of us doing parties from january 1st 2020 to the Mm -hmm. end of the year like that was all that combined energy all those kids that was patronized i don't know patronizing the word is the word but all those people that were patrons of our party of our event you know, for mm-hmm. all that, for the whole year, that was like a really special surprise for everybody at the end of the year, you know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. Um, and it's like, I just realized that that really wouldn't, it wouldn't really happen, like, every round came into your IG live, that's like kind of cool or whatever, uh, but like, just to have her there, like, partying with everybody was like sick, you know what I right. mean? And I just realized like, yeah, like, not only is it because a lot of people would tell me like oh Barbados doesn't move the dial like it's a small country like blah 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 but like actually not like it's it's actually really interesting because we we were able to sidestep so many like social boundaries and barriers that would prevent something like that from happening like say on the right. internet um mm-hmm. and it's like you know that in-person interaction is just everything you know you can look someone in the eye and get their energy their vibe blah blah even onboarding mm-hmm. people with crypto is so much easier in person like i can literally mm-hmm. set you up with a rainbow and then just like send you something and then now all of a sudden you get it whereas like i have to explain the cryptocurrency and all that to you on the on the on the phone it's like not the same people have mad questions and you know, they might feel kind of weird because they can't see what you're doing on your phone. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, it's a little bit more complicated. So I, I personally just realized, like, yeah, in person is better. But, yeah, back to the space. Um, the whole thing yeah. about the space was, like, you know, we started building the studio um, in, in a house. And we would realize, like, all these kids were coming over, you know, like, working and stuff like that. And, I mean, these are all friends of the, you know, the brand and part of our community. But 
the whole point was like now we all have a place to converge and do things you feel mm-hmm, me mm-hmm. and yeah that, we love those like, spaces you know what i'm saying because like if you're talking to somebody on the internet you're like sending files over it's like yeah. one little change could take like a, a day or two to actually you know do mm-hmm, one, like mm-hmm. if you're in, in a room with someone they, they could just click a button and make it happen so exporting files right. is boring no one likes doing any of that shit and just like being around other people just helps so yeah we're opening a gallery which will have like a, a really cool like food element to it too and the whole point is really like you know not only to just help incubate artists here and throw events for locals but also open up the space a little bit more to people overseas like if you are digitally rare and you want to do a really dope presentation in barbados maybe you could do that or you right. can just decide you want to take a vacation and like come out here and we'll, we can provide the space for you and we have all the equipment that you would need to actually do that you know to so, do some art and collaborate and yeah totally i love that like being around other people by default it's that i think that's where the magic is in in-person interactions it's like um the internet is sort of intentional by default you have to specifically go to a space for the most part and there's something magical about just like you know working around other people such that you get these like you know serendipitous spontaneous like collabs where it's like oh cool you're working on that i'm working on this let's mix and match like here's an idea that i had oh you here's an idea that you built off of that like that stuff is is priceless Matt, this is like this is I I can see why you wanted to have Halik on because because this is like this is right where your head is at these days. Totally, is right. like these days, yeah. Y- y- you are you are yearning for this kind of like exactly what you're building. Halik is like what what yeah. Matt has it's, been. It's it's really sick. Yeah, yeah. I like, love that you're bringing people together and exactly. you know creating this space for the community. That's so so dope. Yeah, yeah. I think and, y'all should definitely come over here. We're gonna figure it. I'm out. trying to. well that's the thing like once we get once we get this this first set of stuff off the ground it's gonna be really easy because honestly yeah like new york new york is like three hundred dollars round trip you know yeah man yeah so if you're building a project i mean like it's so easy to you know come out work in a really energetic environment absolutely Yeah, yeah catch me on the next flight I'm looking up flights from Hartford where I live. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I like Connecticut. I have, I have family in Hartford out here. Oh, you do? Oh, awesome. Yeah. Let me know yeah, if you ever come life. let me know if you ever come visit them. But yeah, I'm, we were chatting oh, four seventy five from Hartford, so not even, you know, yeah. it's like still very You probably cheap. gotta bounce through New York anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah, you can make um, something might as well come visit. Yeah. Who wants Sky Scanner? That's what I use. Oh uh, yeah, Sky Scanner's good. Love that. Um, but yeah, you were telling me about, so all of these in-person events are sick and you want to build community and we were chatting about like NFTs and how that could come into play. And especially with like, you know, physical events, giving people NFTs as like an onboarding thing. Um, can you tell me, tell us more about like what you're thinking about that and like how you might, you know, mix and match some NFTs into this community you're building? Um, I mean, yeah, we're already doing it. So, I mean, all the Halit Mall NFTs are connected to Holders Line. Um, we oh, just sick. haven't really, yeah, we haven't, um, are those on Zora? Yeah, they're on Zora. Um, nice. and we haven't implemented that functionality yet, but I, I have a special surprise for anyone that's ever collected from me. Um, because nice. essentially Halit Mall is, is a product. It's a, it's a part of Holders Land, right? So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a, you got to think about, you know, this, this digital presence 
as uh, as an, uh, something that's attached to our DAO, you know, that we're building. And this will then become like a full circle moment whereby like, you know, Halit Mall is feeding into the, the ecosystem that is Holder's Land and, you know, powering it um, as a patron as well as um, uh, someone that's, that's uh, benefiting from its existence. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's kind of like how I'm looking at, at the model right now. And there'll be other products and, and things that will exist in this ecosystem. It's hard. It's weird calling myself a product, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, right. It's, it's a, that personal brand kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And that's a, that's a company underneath that. Right. So totally like basically how I look at how the DAO model and NFTs can kind of work together alongside the IRL thing is really like, you know, imagine you're attending this gallery, you know, it's as simple as, you know, I pull up, I have my NFT, I have my ticket, I have whatever, mm-hmm. I get my entrance, then that opens me up to a whole new world of experiences that mm-hmm. are centered around your identity on the blockchain, the things that you have in your wallet, you know what I'm saying? I feel like yeah. more people would start to... I feel like gamifying the experience of going outside is is really smart. Like I think mm-hmm. we saw that with Pokemon Go. How much? Yeah, people I was love. gonna say. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's like the that's the main yeah. the main thrust of that game. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like you think about all this stuff. It's like really simple to to imagine, right? Like you're yeah. you're you're participating in this uh, this experience, this this community experience, and you're kind of like building on top of your 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 thing and like receiving all these like benefits be it like nft drops or specialty discounts or whatever the case may be all because you have something um that's attached to digital world which feels very real now like i feel like Mm -hmm. before it's like twitter and facebook and instagram was kind of or or like i remember when you have msn messenger like people don't even see a brb anymore Right. It's just like being. I'm. It's weird, but like that word right. disappeared. You can't go AFK reasons. anymore. You're right. always online. Yeah. Yeah, you're ultimately yeah. like always attached to that, and I, I, I'm wondering like, oh, that's how a really crazy thought. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, so yeah, so uh, that's how I personally believe. Like your internet self is like alive constantly. It's being interacted with constantly. It's being preser- uh, preserved and perceived and observed. And uh, I think that the more we kind of realize um, how much is going on with that information and how it's kind of taken on a life of its own, I think people can get a lot more creative. Like even average ass people that just like go to parties and stuff like that, like, or, you know, like if they're not being creative with it, they probably, it will probably inspire them to do it more. And I think that crypto and NFT, NFT drops um, really help develop that so right now yeah we're working on building a stack uh for our in-person events uh so just like you know gamify it a little bit make it some make it fun i don't i don't want i don't know how much i could really say like specifically specifically but Mm -hmm. for me like i really want my next album to have uh an irl event you know attached to it um and yeah we'll, we'll do some cool things yeah yeah i really i dig the sort of offline to online or vice versa kind of interactions especially if you're like a patron of your album and you go to a party that is thrown by holders land like yeah maybe there's something attached to that i also really like the idea of um getting an nft in the physical world somewhere 
and using that as, you know, uh, either a ticket to something or like an enhancement to something else. It's like, cool, you went to Holder's Land um, HQ in Barbados and now you're going to the party that they're throwing during uh, ETH Paris, like, bam, there's something special happening, right? And you can use that to like augment um, in-person events. And I just think that's really sick. Yeah, I'm, I'm personally really stoked on, I feel like everyone's just gonna do it. It's just gonna become yeah. a big part of, because especially, you know, there was the whole thing with bundling in, mm-hmm. in music. And that kind of got oversaturated mm-hmm. to a point where it's just kind of... I remember when Jay-Z did the Samsung thing, or when it was YouTube, they did the, the iPhone thing, and everyone was mad because they had this album that they didn't listen oh, to yeah. on their phone. Yep, yep. Um, the YouTube album, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we're, we're finally reaching a weird singularity point with the technology, so it's not like as wonky anymore, and it's mm-hmm. a lot more personable. And I think that that's really cool, and... I don't know. I look forward to, especially just being so early in this whole kind of like NFT boom and just like kind of like crypto just kind of really gaining some serious legs now. I'm really interested to see how that turns into um, more of a relationship between like platforms, creators, and kind of the communities that are around both of them. Like how, how do we kind of make that like more of a thing? Because I'm tired of seeing like, the guy that did the MasterCard logo, you know, he's just kind of just existing in the world. Mm-hmm. But, like, what if he was, like, a part of that brand on a deeper mm-hmm. level? Like, I think about these kind of things. And, like, obviously that's kind of a weird, uh, that's kind of a, a, a weird example. But there's probably others that make a lot more sense, you know? Like, yeah. I think about SoundCloud, for example. Like, imagine if SoundCloud signed all of their early artists, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like, instead of like xxx and you know Lil pump and all these people like i wonder like if, if these people were just adopted by the platform rather than the industry mm-hmm. i wonder mm-hmm. how that would change the way that they made music and how things would operate or do you guys think that that's yeah. a conflict of interest for a platform to adopt um their users in that way I don't know if it's a conflict of interest. I think it might actually be one of the biggest advantages um, that this like new model of doing business has over the traditional model is mm-hmm. if SoundCloud is giving equity, or more specifically, if SoundCloud is owned by the people who make SoundCloud good, yeah. Yeah. Um, you you that creates this like incredible feedback loop of um, success, right? Do well, you are rewarded. Um, and by proxy, when other people do well, you're rewarded and vice versa. You like share the upside, the upside. and I guess also share the downside, but it's that like sort of anti-fragility that makes it really interesting. And of course the network effects of that are super wild. So I think that is like, I think that's one of the big, big unlocks of web three. And people have been talking about this for ages is like, yeah, you can have a platform, um, co-owned by the people that made it worth something. And that is a competitive advantage. Uh, over something like Spotify, where you get nothing. Yeah, I I I recently moved the vast majority of. This reminds me, I need to like c- continue to do this, but I moved from Patreon mm-hmm. um, to Ampled, and okay. Ampled is exactly that. Ampled is a completely user compute. Uh, the, uh, the the if you're on the platform and you have yeah. over ten uh, patrons. 
then mm-hmm. you are literally a co-owner of the platform. That's cool. All... How, what's their um, legal structure? Are they a DAO or are they a co-op? They're a co-op. They're yeah, a, sick. A, they're an official, and I I have it hanging on my wall. My my little oh, certificate amazing. that says that I own a piece of Ampled, and yep. there's like three buckets. You know, there's like the artists that own a piece. There's the people who work on it, who create it, that own a piece, mm-hmm. and then even patrons can. You know, by doing certain things, they can own right. a piece of the company as well. Um, totally, and they're super. They're 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 web too, but they're but the oh, the right. one of the main guys in it, Austin, is like super into web three. Into he's web trying 3. to figure out how to, you know, how to make that how work. To do but it. yeah, you know, I mean, that's and, the thing is like these ideas aren't new, right? No, completely. It's, it's like. Yeah, yeah socialism been around. <laughs> owning, yeah, it's, it's owning, socialism. Yeah, owning the means of production, like <laughs> right. But this is kind of an interesting scenario where socialism might be competitive with capitalism. Yeah, or at well, least this I, I don't version of that, capitalism. Like, we see. I don't know that socialism. You know, I don't know the idea, like this, the true idea of like you know, right? No, you certainly work not. Yeah. Not for some capital. You know, the whole thing with Spotify too is like, or SoundCloud too. Like to your point, Halik is like, you know, Spotify the people who make Spotify make so much more money than the vast majority of people who are actually making the music that makes Spotify work, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so that's what capitalism is, right? It's like all the upside goes to the people because they quote unquote, you know, took the risks or whatever, but Mm -hmm. socialism would be no, everyone who contributes to the platform, everyone who works to make the platform, what it, what it is, everyone Mm -hmm. owns a piece of it. And we all, you know, we all benefit yeah. if it does well. And honestly, that makes a lot of sense if you consider countries as corporations, which in some, you know, lens <laughs> they might be. Yeah. Oh, no, um, no, no. They definitely are. I mean, yeah. um, countries are corporations and the land is your shares. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you it's definitely like countries definitely operate like a firm. And um, it's interesting to see how people think of them think of countries like differently or like outside of the the way that like traditional firms interact but yeah they follow us very similar uh you know they play a similar game i feel like ethereum operates like a country yeah oh yeah um but yeah so like this these ideas aren't new per se it's just that like web3 makes it much easier in certain scenarios and much harder in others to do this kind of thing right so like you can take Uniswap and decentralize it. And that's incredible. Could yeah. you imagine that's having amazing. this many like stakeholders in a co-op kind of thing, um, dealing with legal implications of international ownership and everything? It's like, it's why would you, you can't even conceive of it. So like um, what, what I find interesting about it is there are like, I feel like there are certain use cases that people are finding like patronage, mm-hmm. like straight up Patreon style patronage, like Uniswap, where this collective owning idea um the idea is like contained enough it's like you know where it's like really Mm. it's relatively low-hanging fruit um the idea of like a streaming service i think is like a bit more explosive you know audius is Mm -hmm. trying to do it Mm -hmm. um matt you and i remember what was it called shit the the thing we used to tune <laughs> halik there was this like there was a uh, sort of spot of, there was like a a thing like audius like maybe two yeah. years ago or something called tune and uh it, it was very much in that same kind of vein where you you know you were on the platform you're earning tokens by posting your music and by listening to music etc 
Um, I've heard but it's, of that. I think. Yeah, but it's like it's just a it's a generally a harder problem because be, mm-hmm. for for a ton of reasons. But <laughs> but yeah. Yep. But, yeah. but I think it's I think it's probably inevitable in some way. Just as we just as we often talk about like how NFTs are a better digital object. So it's it's just you can't put that back in the bottle. Right. I think I think the the things that people are realizing about what is possible with Web three mm-hmm. is is similarly like you just can't put it back and it's just right, eventually right. gonna happen. I feel like the environmental yeah. fud is the only thing that's really yeah. just messing us mm-hmm. up. Like, yeah. If it wasn't mm-hmm. for that, I feel like so many people would launch themselves totally. into this. Because even for me right now, it's like um Yo, you guys need to uh, vote for me for In Right Race. If you know anybody oh, that's sick. in Right Race uh, or has a publication that's got a ton of votes, hook me up. Um, but anyway, so my whole thing right now is like, I, I'm realizing, you know, that there are now like platforms and opportunities to do some really insane things. Um, everything that we have in this current world can be replaced with, with tooling in Web3. Mm-hmm. and like make it completely like, direct to consumer which i honestly feel like is something that people are really excited about i just feel like we need to work better on how you know we're marketing it and pushing it to people mm-hmm. and like ultimately like yeah we can't expect to fight apple and spotify they're just going to be there yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean and yeah it's really they'll wait till we fatten up the, the pig and then they'll slaughter it you know like it's really what's what's inevitable and i think the strongest thing that we can do is like work towards building brands just as big as the ones that exist in our current web web 2 standpoint i mean you know that's why i really look up to like uh well not really look up uh i really admire something like drake someone like drake i don't know if this is the way to say it, but i really admire that because Ultimately, he, he understands his position of power, right? Like, once Drake leaves his label, like, once yeah. he becomes independent, it, it's going to totally upset the way that people look at music. Um, and, I mean, you know, we're going to see that when in our lifetime is an independent Rihanna, independent Drake, independent ASAP Rocky, and probably an independent Travis Scott. And, I mean, imagine those people with all the social capital that they have. Mm-hmm. Then transferring that into a completely autonomous, independent um, organization. Like, what, what's going to happen then? Because their fans love them. They're going to go wherever they go. So mm-hmm. platforms ultimately have no power against them aside from, like, legal and contractual agreements that they put them into. Well, what's happening right. now when I can just spin up a DAO in, you know, a matter of minutes, set up a Discord or whatever new tooling is going to exist by the time that happens, and then be able to then have people participate not only just purchasing and listening to my music like everyone's just gonna listen to drake on drake.com or something you know right um we might end up going back to you know just downloading music and having it in our own library mm-hmm. who knows how how crazy it's gonna get and i mean that's the thing these people have fans that will do that these people have fans that will oh, sure. download their music and who will um, put up who will put up with like the barriers of that to to to, to be able to hear the music. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's people that there download the Apple Music just to listen to Chance the Rapper. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's right. <laughs> yeah. There could also be a new model where maybe we don't cast away streaming, but maybe streaming is, you know, better rewards the people who are streaming music, right? There's so many stories of people getting, you know, millions of streams and, 
you know, uh, fragments oh, yeah. of ascent. Yeah. Um, oh, a million, million, um, a million but, stream is like four grand or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but maybe there's a new model sort of attached to this patronage idea that is kind of like the iTunes of the past where you, you know, buy music and own it, but it's based on patronage and it's mm-hmm. based on like uh, curation and like selection. It's like kind of the way that I'm collecting vinyls right now. It's like, mm-hmm. these are not just albums I like. These are the albums that I like, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. And so maybe there's this space for people who care about music, who care about their artists, who care about um, what that says about their personality and uh, maybe that ties into Web3 somehow and this new listening experience. I mean, again, it comes back to something we, we talk about all the time. We talked about it last episode, and, and you used to talk about it so much, which is identity signaling. Like, you yeah. can't, you, you collect those not only for you, but for the people that come into your room and say, oh, Pink totally. Floyd and, you know, whatever. How did you know it was Pink Floyd? Because I've heard you talk <laughs> about it lately. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and, and as we talk about all the time, like once that once there is a place for that to happen with NFTs, mm-hmm. that's when it'll happen, you know, totally in a totally. big way. Like once there's a place for people to show off their Halik yep. song, you know. Yeah, the, and maybe that's that's a platform is a music thing that understand it's Spotify, but with better social and this like sense of patronage and yep. like it's MySpace, it's MySpace, but it's Spotify, MySpace. yeah, you get it. It all comes back um, to MySpace. It's always been MySpace. every time, yeah, <laughs> every There's time. Like a yeah. guy in space. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, no, no. Oh yeah, it's always been. Yes. Yo, that's good. Yeah, always has been MySpace. Um, yeah, and I also yeah. feel like these hybrids that are existing now with um, visual, audiovisual, um, mm-hmm. is going to create a new class of digital asset too. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's like can be like split apart or you know mashed together or you know like I I'm really mm-hmm. interested in like these like multimedia things becoming more uh, like detailed because obviously mm-hmm. now you know. They started to do it with Spotify, whereby like you know you, you put the cover artist on there or title like right. what it was. So like imagine now like you have these animated you know digital. That's a great assets point. Yeah. On top of the music, it's a it's a new asset class entirely. That's really interesting. Yeah, that's uh, something that Eclectic Method actually talked about. Is if 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 you're the kind of artist who wants to make this audio visual thing, um, there was no context and medium no with which that was yeah there's no outlet for that um until nft is because you know you can't make money doing it no one collects this um so you end up working for an advertising agency or something and making music videos or whatever it is um but now you have this medium and that's kind of interesting that's a great point that like in spotify you have this canvas uh that people are right now just using to do like music video clips but you could absolutely uh integrate this sense of um audiovisual art yeah because i think like okay well with music you have the master you have publishing you know um and then you have streaming revenues you have you know the tv things mm-hmm. now you have nft which is a completely mm-hmm. new like revenue stream if you add that on top of streaming and then you would have another revenue stream from the nft um so like for example like say you put two nfts together like say you have a visual thing and then you have an nft I and mean, you could literally mm-hmm. like uh you have a visual thing you have a music nft sorry and then 
you know, you, you put those two th- together, right? Like, mm-hmm. this changes the way music licensing works. This yeah. changes yep. the way a lot of different things work. And Feels like TikTok, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then you can, like, sell these assets, like, um, these, like, kind of, like, um, mashups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like how, um, what's that project, uh, something lines where you take an autoglyph and use that as a, a base to mint another piece of art? Jonathan, do you know about this? No, I don't remember that. Yeah. Um, I forget, wild lines perhaps? I'll maybe find it. Um, but yeah, it's quite an interesting idea. And so like, yeah, in that same sense, you remix two things, create something new, and then obviously you have this, um, you know, redistribution based on, you know you've done work to remix it and then the two original things have done work to exist mm-hmm. that's why i'm so excited and that's why also it all kind of boils back down to memes like this mm-hmm. it's so crazy like i mean y'all watch ever, ever watched a red berserk the anime which one uh, berserk oh a classic no i haven't seen it though okay so the the main character guts he has a theme song and then there's a whole bunch of people that make videos on youtube with the guts theme song you know oh, yeah. reeves crying to it and like different people like doing stuff to it and it's just like really funny because yeah all those youtube videos you know like all those guys and like get like takedowns or whatever the case may be but what if that doesn't exist anymore and like you can just like attribute it to the original creator and then right copyright is solved um uh and then i think yeah like the i think of web3 as an iceberg and like most Mm. of the actual way it works is really underwater like a lot of people think the NFT is the media that they're looking at and they're not actually thinking about the token itself. The token mm-hmm. is honestly completely removed from the equation other than a means of transfer of, of information or ownership. Mm-hmm. But it's so much more that we could be doing with it. And that kind of brings me also back to the whole idea of what we're trying to do with Holders Land is like mm-hmm. we're really trying to not think about just what's happening now, but also the possibilities of the future. So really trying to set up and create new models based on the way we understand the tech to work whatever the case may be be it crypto or any kind of new advancement um ai you know um music tech like we're really trying to think about that stuff on a serious level you know like Mm -hmm. i i would love to sit down with the the devs behind a lot of these projects like blender c4d like there's so many people like smart motherfuckers that (laughs) are just doing insane shit outside of crypto you know what I'm saying? That like I want to learn from, and that's why I really built this entity too. It's like very almost like kind of selfish. Like I really just want to like understand <laughs> a lot of these things better, and like figure out like how we can kind of like close that gap because you know everyone's looking at the superstars, like the person that like blah blah blah. But like, what about the the, the guy that wrote the code for us to be even having this conversation? Mm-hmm. Like that person is mm-hmm. just as much of a celebrity. And like, how do we mm-hmm. highlight all these people and like see push them as artists as well? Because ultimately, like, these are the people that make our world move forward or backward, depending on mm-hmm. what they do. And <laughs> you know, the engineers of the world, the, the the people that you know really like dream things and bring them to fruition. It's like even think about Uber. We were all just too lazy to make that. We probably all thought about it. Like everyone's right. probably thought about Uber <laughs> at least once in their life. Yeah, and some guy was just like, "Yeah, I'll just I'll do it." You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just really think about that um, a lot. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I I really think that the the Caribbean and Africa have been really left out of the conversation when it comes to a lot of tech um, mm-hmm, conversations. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you guys might not know this, but 
the guy that invented the search engine, what was said to be the first search engine, is actually from Barbados. Uh, oh, whoa, sick. Yeah, and he's my friend's uncle. Um, his what? Name is Al- That's right. Yeah, his name is Alan Emtage. You should look him up. He invented a search engine called Archie, and that became uh-huh. that was the first search engine. And I'm sure Google has seen that. You know? Wow. Um, yeah. And there's no attribution for him. There's no... Right, of I, course. I don't really... I That's have like no so idea. That's so lame. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You've never seen, you probably never heard his name. And, right. you know, we used to have an Intel factory here. You know? I remember when uh, in 2007, uh, or no, right before 2007, probably 2005, 2004, 2005, um, huh. our prime minister at the time, she she put a bunch of computers into, like, low-income schools and stuff. Like, it was a program, program called Edutech. Like, Barbados was number seven on, like, the world's, like, emerging, like, like internet literate countries. Like, we had, mm-hmm. like, a really serious push for tech at that point. Wow. And for some reason, like, it's, it's totally fallen off, and the whole world has caught up. And I feel like that was a missed opportunity. I don't think it's, right. totally, it's totally gone, but I think that, like, we have already have such a history of, of technology. Like, they, they were literally um, testing out this thing called the harp gun. It was, like, a space gun. You know, here in Barbados, like we had like these really insane like engineering feats and like really brilliant people. You know what I mean? Like come to Bar or be born in Barbados, grow up here, and then either go work for Tesla or something, or you know they're just so depressed because like no one understands what the fuck they, their 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 thing is. You know, um, and I think that there's a lot of lost opportunity there. There's probably so many ideas, you know, that are being lost because like maybe that person's country just doesn't have the Oh, yeah. resources to push their idea completely yeah i think about that yeah. all the time yeah absolutely yeah so that's sick what you're doing is creating those opportunities and you know building a community of people who are into um you know this sort of music creativity crypto whatever it is um and like creating those opportunities and creating that space yeah, because I, I ultimately feel like whatever it is that you're into, right? Like, because that's the thing with Holders Not. I, I, I really try to pull it back from the music thing, even though I love music so much. It's like a big part of what I do and a big part of what we do. Um, and like just life in general. Like, if you think about it, music is in every, like, everything. Like, you yeah. can't go to ch- Every church has music. You know what I'm saying? Or hymns or songs, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, every, every, uh, presidential anything you gotta do the national <laughs> anthem like mm-hmm. there is something about sound well honestly the whole world is light and sound for the most part right yeah. it's like what we mostly operate on you know what i mean so mm-hmm. from the time you're making visual art and then you're making music if you're doing those two things together you're creating a world that's how i look at it mm-hmm. right you're building perspective so i mean those are really powerful things you know if you want to get on like a real spiritual tip like that is literally what we are and like i honestly feel like soon enough like the way that art is gonna go especially with 3d i feel like people are gonna start building like these like really psychedelic um experiences for people to exist in it's just that vr is just like makes you sick and stuff so uh (laughs) it's not as easily accessible that's why we're doing like this whole ar thing but i i feel like eventually we will get to a point where we'll be able to like actually like live and breathe and like interact with like other senses and stuff and I think that that's really cool. Like I, I, I'm really interested in that and the psychedelic element of like music and art. And you know, it was Terrence McKenna that really got me thinking about that shit too. For mm-hmm. real, like I was listening mm-hmm. to a lot of his talks like when I was like young, like when I was in high school and shit. 
And, like, he was saying a lot of shit that made sense to me, like, for real, like, just kind of talking about the psychedelic experience or, like, you know, he, he talked about, like, machine elves or whatever. And he's just like, yeah, like, I've seen all these things and blah, 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 blah. But it's like, most of all, that's, like, art. Like, whatever it is. We can speculate on whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, I think that that's art. Like, I think that that is being able to shift perspective, leave where you mm-hmm. are right now, like, who your your identity leave all that behind and like use your brain and the intellect that you've developed over however many years of being alive and then use that to interpret this creation your or creation in general like Mm -hmm. you know um and it's hard to meditate on that when you're just living your life as you you know Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but then when you really like sit down and like taking like a that's why those really big paintings I feel like mm. they're really, really big paintings. I feel like that's why they're so cool because it's it's like you're yeah. being enveloped by this idea. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's right in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Once I re-understood art as like, not just like a cool, pretty thing, but something designed to make me feel something to, mm-hmm. to cause like a state change in how I see the world, um, that, that made art really, really cool. Um, and yeah, those big paintings are incredible because that's what they, they make it much easier or they, you know, they lend themselves to this like overwhelming sense. Um, and that can make you feel things. Mm. Yeah. Damn, that's sick. So what's next for Holder's Land? How, like, how do we, uh, yeah. What, what are you working on next? Like, what do you want to see over the next few months? And then how do people get involved if they want to come hang out or, or whatever, contribute? Uh, yeah, so right now we are still working on kind of figuring out the next few projects, like just like settling on exactly what what we want to do because there's so many. Mm-hmm. Um, but ideally, like it will be kind of a machine to help push me um, for right now, just because of financial constraints. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to be really trying to push me and some of the other artists um, that we're working with kind of like in tandem with that and then kind of use that as a launch pad to kind of just like get everyone else in the door. So really and truly, yeah, it's just been that um, just buying art from like local artists, like doing meetups, um, trying to onboard people into crypto, learn a little bit more about arts and tech and how they function together. Um so that's kind of what we've been doing, just like really genuinely like supporting artists and then trying to create a community around the Discord and, and different things. Um, as far as support goes, we're really, really trying to get um, more people to tap in, um, especially devs and people that are sick with computers, um, because I have honestly been doing a lot of it on my own. Um, as far as like you know making the website or like whatever the case may be and i'm mm-hmm. only but a human so we mm-hmm. are trying to basically you know reach out to people that that might be interested in the idea might be interested in barbados coming here and then like figuring out how we can kind of like build on top of that you know like see how everyone else is like we really want to build reciprocal relationships number one so if there's a project that you're working on that you think could be cool like, how can we help facilitate that? Um, how can we maybe use Barbados as a venue to build that out? And then ultimately, yeah, if you if you really just want to contribute monetarily, it's always nice to buy an NFT. We're going to look to do a, a like, a, 
We're gonna do a drop soon. I don't want. I don't know how I can talk about. It. I don't know like, how much I can say about it because we haven't really yeah, figured out. The, we haven't figured out exactly where it's gonna live yet. But we're gonna do a drop, and it's going to basically comprise of all the artists that we like, and um, we really want to start raising funds in that way. Um, all the NFTs that I sold have literally gone into buying studio equipment or setting the, the place up. Shout out to mm-hmm. Native Instruments though for like hitting us with that sponsor. If you have a company that makes things at all, like any type of software, hardware, boom, 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 that would be really helpful. Um, anything that can help benefit the community. We're trying to set up these classes. So if you are sick with anything that I talked about, like music, video, 3D, boom, 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 um, code, yeah, we, we'd really love to set up some workshops here. Um, and get more people um, inters- integrated <laughs> integrated into the system, um, you know, so especially with digital art, because of, I feel like there's not really as much of an emphasis of that here. Um, mm. And yeah, IRL events. So that's basically it. Like we, we're really, really still young. Um, and I think that, you know, the more support that we can get over the next like six to 12 months will really kind of set the tone for, for the, mm-hmm. the rest mm-hmm. of the future for us. So it's really just a been, it's just been about being smart with the money um, and the time that we spend on this stuff because, you know, resources are very limited. So we're really trying to like make sure that everything that we do is super smart. Um, right. We just got uh, this girl, Zoe Osborne. I want to uh, name drop her real quick because she's super sick. She is, helping us with like community and like curation for like our gallery. Um, nice. But she's an NFT artist herself. Like I purchased her Genesis piece maybe like a month or two ago, can't remember. But um, she's on foundation. You should just definitely check her out. Z-O-E-O-S-B-O-R-N-E. Zoe mm-hmm. Osborne. She's really, really good. Um, and yeah, they're really just like, yeah, just trying to support people like her, um, you know, uh, my business partner, Jeff Fenty, you know, he's got some cool stuff coming out soon. Uh, Lily, she's been really helpful. So we're just really trying to figure out how we can like support everyone to like make sure that they can also kind of like see their dream through whatever it is. If it's like art or, you know, being a teacher or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, really mm-hmm. and truly, it's like you chasing your dream is helping us, basically. Hell yeah. That's awesome. How do we follow along? Is that on Twitter? Yeah, so Holders Land is on Twitter. It's holders.land on Instagram. It's also the website domain, holders.land. Um, and yeah, that's basically a vibe. Uh, we're we're currently looking to do a little token thingy soon. I'm going to get that ERC20 up. Um, and then that's going to add a little bit more to it as well. So... Mm-hmm. It's going to be cool. Just, yeah, we're just really just taking it like piece by piece before we we really, really um, go crazy. That's the way you got to do it. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Yeah, man. Thanks, Alik, so much. It was really interesting. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, I, yeah, I hope I articulated myself uh, well enough for people to get it. I think you did. Um, You can find me at one of the many mats on Twitter. That's number one of the many mats. And Jonathan. you can find me at Song a Day Man as ever. Uh, comments, questions, welcome. Um, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell a friend about the tell show. A yeah, and um, about Holders Land. And about Holders Land. Uh, and to wrap it up, from Rick and Morty in the beginning to Rick and Morty at the end, <laughs> get nifty, everybody. Get, get nifty. nifty. <laughs> oh, yeah. You gotta get nifty. Get nifty.
Tea. Yeah.